And we are back, and we just finished watching Black Panther Wakanda Forever from 2022, rated PG-13, with a runtime of two hours and 41 minutes. We actually, for our very first trip into the theater, obviously decided to go with a Marvel film, Uh and this did not disappoint. It didn't feel like two hours and 41 minutes, did it? No, well, they had a lot of stuff going on. But they did have movie. a lot they, going on in this film. They fit a lot of story in there, and it kind of makes sense. I could see sort of like that they had the idea for the story, and then obviously they had to change things because Chadwick Boseman passed away. And so they had to augment the story quite a bit. But they, I mean, seriously, they did a good job as far as that goes. They, they deserve credit for that because that, that was a huge task to... To not just like, oh, we're just going to recast the role or something like that. To actually change everything and use what was set before to continue to continue it and work it into the plot where it made sense. This was directed again by Ryan Coogler, who did the original one. And with screenplay credits to Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. This is probably the Marvel movie that had me cry the most. I cried four separate occasions in the first 10 minutes of this. Yeah. It was like up. This was like Marvel's up. Well, I mean, I was like, what just happened? I'm completely traumatized. It just hits a little differently because it's you're not dealing with the death of a fictional character. Well, just the death of a fictional character. You're dealing with the fact that this guy who portrayed the character so well. Yeah. Passed away way, way, way before his time. Yeah. And knowing that. That reality, yeah, that that makes things... And I I appreciate that he's interwoven into this story. Yeah. It was beautifully done. So kudos to Ryan Coogler for just keeping that, but still making this a story onto itself. I think the, obviously the main character here is Shuri, played by by Letitia Wright, and she does an excellent job. I mean, she's a decent actress. I mean, her own... She yeah, she had to absolutely step up. Yeah, I, I mean, mean prior she, prior to this, she was basically a secondary character. Secondary character, the as Ned said in Spider Man, the guy in the chair. <laughs> yes, I mean literally, she, she was literally she was sitting in a chair character. in the first yeah. movie, yeah. driving a car on a continent <laughs> far away. So, but she, I mean, I mean, I've seen her in other things, and she's a good actress. But I think this particular role, she really gets to shine in so many ways i mean she shows so much range and it's funny because as we were watching it it's okay so without giving too much because this obviously is still in the theaters so we're not gonna spoil this but the first 10 minutes of the movie are kind of dramatic and then the second part of the story becomes like a horror movie oh yeah and it was like it's like an act there's like action pieces and like dramatic moments in it but it just blended so well together. And that sequence, that second sequence that we're like, are we like in a horror movie now? Because what yeah. the hell that just really, happened? That really was like a horror. Just the way it was filmed. When and they're just, like, the, those guys are looking like, especially. Wait, don't give anything I'm not, away. I'm not going to give too much away. <laughs> I mean, well, it's not really giving much away to say that we know the bad guy is. Do we? Or Do not, we? Well, the, the, the antagonist. There we go. That's a better the word. The antagonist is Namor, the Submariner. If you're a fan of Marvel Comics, you know who I'm talking about. Basically, he's Marvel's version of Aquaman. The guy, half human, half 
whatever. Whatever he is. Ruler of, of a sub-aquatic city. It's not Atlantis, but it, it's, it's an equivalent to that. So you know the bad guys are coming from, well, not the bad guys, but the, the antagonist's soldiers are coming from under the sea. And the way this is just filmed... It was so good, and the way that they attack is it like it it wow, it, it, yeah. and it makes sense because it it sort of like borrows from legend. And then there's just like the one bit where that I thought was really well done, and it reminded me of a lot of like horror movies, horror movies that are based upon stuff coming out of the water, water. <laughs> <laughs> where that guy is just on the edge of the. It's it's what it's like an oil derrick in the middle yeah. of the ocean. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle of the Atlantic. He looks at it and he looks at over the the water, and it's just like the moonlight on the water, and you just see like maybe a dozen or so shadows of heads coming out of the water, yeah. and they're just like there. They're yeah. just there still yeah. in the water, and you hear this noise, and you're like, "What is going on? Like, what is going on? And why are these people doing what they're doing?" Yeah. And, it's really well done. It's really well done. I mean, as it's far as an really, intro really well done. of a threat, they really pulled out. If Ryan Coogler did a horror film, that I would know, love to that, see that, it. That, he would he would nail it because yeah. this isn't a horror film, but that scene felt horrifying. Yes, and you, you yes. could see like yeah. these people on this derrick are basically just like, oh crap. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a minute there, I felt like, did the projectionist like switch the reel? Because I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and why is it happening? And OMG, what did I just see? Yeah. <laughs> it's, re- it's really Excellent. well done. Excellently done. Really, it's, it's really probably, well done. If I had like a favorite sequence, it was that. Yeah. It, it was, that was really good. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I thought, I mean, Again, agreed with you, just the devastating loss of Chadwick Boseman, not just as the character of Black Panther, but the actor and the human being and the co-worker and friend to a lot of these people on the production. Uh, There were so many things in this movie. I love that he took pieces of Chadwick's previous performances and and kind of interwove them here. But there's a sequence where Shuri comes into a room and she's, I guess, meeting with Riri. And that felt very much like in the original movie when T'Challa comes in and he sees Shuri and they kind of do that whole like hand thing. and, And it's just... It was just lovely. I mean, there's. It was like a I, nice callback. Yeah, it was a. It was a really nice callback to that, and and it just. This was such a bittersweet movie. It was just so bittersweet because it's like it hits differently. I mean, the whole beginning sequence where they're doing the ceremony, the ceremony for T'Challa. It's just. It's lovely and it's heartbreaking and it's gut wrenching and it's beautiful. It's like I love that they took the time to honor the character. They could have ignored it. They could have said he was on a mission. They could have said, they could have replaced him. They could have just put a different actor and acted like it was all the same. But I, I appreciated that something happened, something devastating happened, and they were dealing with it. And I think yeah. that... It, and they, and they kind of they kind of made it like it was... It mirrored reality. Yes. I was going to say, if you have ever experienced loss... I think this also hits home because the feelings that not only Shuri goes through, but also Ramonda, Ramonda, right? The the queen. The the queen, right. It resonates, right? Because that speech where Ramonda's like, I've given everything, like I got chills listening to that. 
Well, she's great. She, she, Angela she Bassett's Angela like Bassett's just, just amazing. Awesome in this yeah. Role. yeah, yeah. She's such a powerhouse. Yeah, I, but but again, this is definitely Letitia Wright's movie, and she yeah. she stepped yeah, up she, and she, she went goes, the range. Yeah, she goes. She the goes. Whole way. And yeah. it's and it's especially impressive because the first one, she's like this happy-go-lucky kid character. Yeah. yeah, and now it's it's like this tragedy happens in it, and it's it's compounded. Sucks all that joy out of her. Yeah. And you see like glimpses of it, yeah. but it's everything is just different. Everything is is weighed down with this this new reality. This new reality. This just this terrible depression and yeah. anger and like helplessness cuz she's she's like this super genius who's like technology is amazing and could fix so much and yet yeah. she couldn't do this. Yeah. So she's haunted by that. Yeah. Very good. Excellent. Very excellent. Ex- excellent story arc for Sure, sure. Yeah. Let's talk about Namor, who is the other, I guess, big character in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a heavy, and again, I don't want to. I don't think he's the the bad guy. I think he's more of an antagonist. It's he has conflicting interests with Wakanda and the rest of the world. Yeah. His primary goal is basically just to be left alone. Yeah. I mean, that's that's his primary goal, and. I would probably say if there was a weak point in the movie it's, or in the story or in the, in the story, it's his motives and yeah. how he seeks to accomplish his motives, mm-hmm. especially for a character who we're told or we know but just from the facts of the story is, is as as old as he is. Mm-hmm. And you would imagine as experienced and intelligent, it, that's going to come with life and experience. Yes, sure. That he would have had a, <laughs> an inkling that he would have he is... would have had a, a bit more nuanced way of dealing with the problem that had arisen but do you think and i'll try not to spoil this because of i guess being in the shadows for so long there's a certain conceit tied to that because it's like well nobody knows well i mean yeah there is a certain conceit I mean that, that sticks with the character. If if you know anything about the Namor in in the comics, he is arrogant as hell. Is he? Yeah. And he, also, he is, I am. The, I didn't I am the know king this, the, but you said also a ladies' man. He yeah, he's definitely. If Sue Storm was there, he'd be all over that. <laughs> he loved. He is got a major. You know what for uh, Sue Reed Storm. Richards' wife. But does anyway, he know that she's married? Yes, and he does not care. <laughs> He does not care. He he'll walk up to Reed's to Reed Richards and be like, "She's too good for you, man." Really? Yeah. She, I, I've never read. He, he does yeah. not care. He's like, "She should be with me. She really wants to be with me too." I could tell. Oh my god! <laughs> and and Sue's just like, eh. <gasps> really? <laughs> no, she loves Reed Richards, but, but <laughs> there there's been some depending on the writers. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, yeah, there's some some multiverse something going on. It's funny because when we were watching this, I got the impression that Namor and and Shuri were going to hook up, or I felt like they might. I got got the impression that he was trying to charm her. I never got. I never got the impression that they were going to hook up at all. Really? No, I, I felt that he was trying to charm her, and that fits with the character and. It also sort of fits with the character and that because he, he pretty much let it be known. Hey, if, if you don't see things my way, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill everybody you love. And then I'm going to kill everybody in the world on the surface. Yeah. Because 
I need to do what I need to do. And yeah. that's the that's the way it is. There's no negotiation here. Yeah. It's do what I want or die. He was never like an enraged psycho type character. Mm-hmm. He was very matter of fact about it, which makes sense because he is the king of his of his Domain. empire. Yeah. Is he like that in the comic? He gets pissed off in the comics. Oh. Like he'll take offense to something and then a giant whale with arms will come to the surface and like tear down the Empire State Building or something. Jeez. <laughs> These are like, he's an old character. He's been around forever. They say he's like Marvel's first mutant. Mm. Interesting. And they actually use the M word. Yes. They actually say, he says I'm a mutant. Yeah. So they're they're definitely bringing in that side of the Marvel Universe that used to be off limits. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I'm excited. They're, they're, I'm excited ed- to see Deadpool and Wolverine in a movie. Yeah. I mean, they're edging towards it slowly. Uh, I mean, they're they're doing it more w- with the TV shows like Miss Marvel is, the, the, yeah. I think they also use the M word. But yeah, they're, they're moving their way towards that. But anyway, yeah, I didn't think that he was trying to have a romantic relationship with Shuri at all. Mm. And I don't think she, I think she was like Pressed. blown away by everything that was going on in, right. uh, in what the hell was that place called? Talukan? Talukan? Yeah. Talukan. But yeah, she was definitely impressed. And they had like their whole big society down there. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't see that. Mm. But the, like I said, the, the thing that I felt was the weakest aspect of that whole that whole bit was his motives. Like I, I feel that being who he was and living as long as he did, he should have known better. Not that he, I think that he, he was totally confident that they could just wipe out Wakanda or anybody that they chose to wipe out, but he didn't have to. And he wasn't like, like I said, he wasn't this bloodthirsty guy. Mm-hmm. He was just doing what he was doing because he believed that that was the most assured way, but he wasn't like, I'll ah, kill the surface dwellers or anything like that. And since he wasn't like that, I just didn't quite get why he couldn't be like, you know what, let's talk about this mm-hmm. and find out a solution that works for everybody. And you could have avoided probably like the last 45 minutes of the movie. <laughs> but those were good 45 minutes. I mean, a no, lot they were, they were, they were super exciting, yeah. but I don't see why it needed to happen. It, it just, it just felt like a slut. I mean, you could say that about a lot of, action movies in general mm-hmm. or, or move yeah mo- movies like that but still where everything is like i feel like they really put a lot of thought into the way dealing with chadwick's passing and uh, or dealing with black panther's passing and how the wakandan society is moving on past that they it's a year later mm-hmm. people are getting on with their lives they're trying to do the the uh, ramonda takes shuri to the river and burns the funeral garbs there's a whole like ritual and letting go and letting go on. and moving on and so much thought put into that and then just a really shallow motive for the antagonist there it just it just felt like you could have you could have done something different or if you were going to go with that shallow route that name or doesn't work mm-hmm the namer that you created to do this doesn't work. He, sh- if you wanted to go that route, he should have been more. He should have been more of a problem. Mm-hmm. Like he should have been something that needed to be put down. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't that. He was a wise leader for the most part. For the most part, he was a wise leader for the most part. And then just to have this sort of. Or you could have said, okay, maybe like his second in commands or his seconds, because he had a couple of. Heavy hitters with him. Yeah, he had uh, Namora and 
uh, Atuma. Uh-huh. And Atuma just, he was just like this big dude who's just like all about fighting. You right. Know? He, he, and he, he she was, was too. She was too, but she, she was, she was like, she was like, she was like, I will kill all of these people. Yeah. In fact, she was the one giving the orders. Just kill them all. Like, remember the cops are there? Yeah, She's yeah. just like, kill them. Yeah. No problem. Atuma, she went to she went to kill them, and yeah. she was like, just. And Atuma, he he fought Okoye, and he was just he beat her up and knocked yeah. her spear away, and he could have killed her. He threw her spear back at her and was like, "Come on, let's go again." Like Mad Dog. Like Mad Dog. He was he wanted to brawl. He wanted a worthy opponent. Yeah, that was that was all that mattered to him. Yeah. But if you had like Namor, like maybe Namora was the one that was like instigating this whole thing, but it really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, at the very end, he there was that discussion with Nomura and Namor, which yeah. you could sort of see as like a seed maybe being planted for future. Yeah. Well, I, I f- think absolutely conflict. they bring him back. Well, I think, okay, so. Well, I don't see how they can't. I mean, it's yeah. like a, it's an entire new world being added to the to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is something that's big. Yeah. I kind of wonder, they probably got to make a story about what the hell happens to these people when Thanos wiped out half their population. Mm-hmm. I mean, they must have been doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. Mm-hmm. I would like to know what happened then. But still, it, it's, it, it, yeah, they got to bring that back. So something that you said kind of immediately following us watching the film was you like this film, you still like the first one better, and you thought Killmonger was a better foil. Yeah. Putting Killmonger and Namor together, do you get the impression, okay, so this is my interpretation, right? So Killmonger was great. Mm -hmm. And I think that prior to the first Black Panther, when you had... Uh, actually, no, because you had Baron Zemo before, right? In um, the other movie. Civil and War. Civil War. And he's actually, a he's not your typical bad guy because there's a reason why he is, how he is. You sort of feel for him in a way. Yeah. Even though he's done very bad things, but you sort of feel for him because you understand his motivations. And I think the same thing with Killmonger, although... Killmonger didn't want anybody's pity. Killmonger was basically his namesake, right? He just wanted to destroy. He wanted revenge. Right, you know, right. For, the, for the, the, the mistreatment of black people everywhere. And, and he was going to use... He was going to use the power that Wakanda had mm-hmm. it was like, I mean, Wakanda is like probably the most powerful country in the MCU because of the technology that they have. And he was pissed that you have all of this and you're not doing anything to help anybody. Right. And at the end, obviously at the end of the original Black Panther, they decide, okay, we're going to, we're going to do that, but we're not going to do it his way. Right. Obviously. <laughs> his way was burn it all down, burn it all down. Yeah. Which sort of, Comes full circle in this, yeah. In the dialogue in this. Well, well, that's, well we that's won't. Some, that's something yeah. that we don't want to talk about. No, no. But yeah, I I thought Killmonger as a villain or as an antagonist worked better. Just worked so much better because his like he obviously the the a good bad guy thinks that he's the good guy and he's the one who's that's why they're doing the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And while that's true for both Killmonger and Namor. Killmonger's plan, that was the plan. And it wasn't like he was a character who was, you know what? How about instead of killing everybody, we're going to set up some outreach centers. 
That's not Killmonger. No. Namor, he would have set up outreach centers. You think so? I don't know. If no, I'm I'm just saying that his if his personality was in place of Killmonger's personality, if 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 Killmonger had Namor's personality, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be this guy who's like I'm going to burn it all down. Namor, his motives were different. It wasn't about revenge or anything like that. It was pretty much just about protecting his society. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to do what the he he didn't he didn't need to do the motive that they that they gave him to do. Okay, fair enough. That that's what my problem. The Killmonger it it made sense and it made sense that we must we must fight this guy because there is no negotiation with him. Mm-hmm. We can't just be like, "You know what? I understand you want to kill all these people and use our technology to just basically rule the world." We can't do that. Let's let's have a middle ground. No, it was you need to be stopped. Then you got Namor coming around. It didn't need to re- escalate into that level of conflict. No, I agree. But I think that, okay, so the point I was going to make was that my interpretation was that, so you had Killmonger in the first one. You completely understand his motives. You completely understand the anger. But you also feel for this young man because he's betrayed. He's, he's been hurt and betrayed. Exactly. By his own family. Yeah. By his uncle. My God. Yeah. His uncle killed his brother, who his is father. Killmonger's father, right? So in that way, there's and like... And he was this, abandoned. And abandoned, right. Not Aban- only did, in, did his a, uncle kill like, his father, but in, he abandoned yeah. him. In, in and in like in poverty. Yes. So you you completely understand why Killmonger is the way he is. And, and from that absolute betrayal comes this anger and resentment that just feeds like a forest fire, right? Yeah. And then if you haven't seen the first Black Panther, I'm going to spoil it. Killmonger and and T'Challa fight. Killmonger gets killed. But I think that in that movie, because I don't think that T'Challa wanted to kill Killmonger. I think he wanted to bring him into the fold. But Killmonger was just too far gone. He he didn't didn't want want that, that, right? There's that great line at the end, uh, the one about the slave ships. He'd rather go into the ocean than be a slave kind of thing. So I think... Again, this is just my interpretation. You had this amazing bad guy, right? An amazing bad guy in the fact that he was scary and willing to go to those dark places. But at the same time, you understood it and you sort of felt for this young man because he had he had gone through so much, right? And I think I think he had to be killed. I think like you were saying, like this is a character that needs to be put down, right? So I think he had to be killed. But I think... Maybe there's thought that, oh, maybe that could have ended differently, right? So in this particular film, right, you have the heavy, which is Namor. You understand why he's motivated and why he wants to accomplish his goal. And he does not have mercy because he originally asks the queen and the princess for something and is basically like, you have a week, Bring this to me, or I'll come back and mm. basically rain down. You'll be my enemy. Yeah, you'll be my enemy, basically. So I feel like in this film, the antagonist is sort of given a, I guess, a pass, right? Or I guess... I don't know what you mean. In the fact that it didn't end, this antagonist didn't end up like the first antagonist, right? Well, I mean... 
that's why I find it weaker because, like I said, you didn't need to do all this. The solution was a verbal one. Like or you, you could, you could have just together. You, you could right? have, you Both could kingdoms. have, yeah, you could have just talked it out. Yeah. The motivation that Namor had for doing the things that he did and asking for the things that he did, they didn't make sense. They were just sort of like knee-jerk, reactionary, almost like extremism. And to me, his personality, when you see him in the rest of the movie, when he's explaining everything and how of, of how he is and, and whatnot, and, and his, like his the core of his motivation, when that's brought to you or, or shown to you, it doesn't lead me to believe that this is a guy who's like all or nothing. But yet that was his motivation, all or nothing. Right. But I but I could see it because let's be honest, his kingdom has been hidden this whole time. So it's not like he's gotten into any kind of political situations. They don't deal with anybody but themselves, basically. But even but even still, he knows what's happening in the world. He does, but I think that for the most part, his goal is again to keep his society hidden in the shadows, right? And away from prying eyes. Nobody knows that they exist. I mean, all these things are happening and the rest of the world is is blaming the Wakandans, right? Yeah, I mean, but that's... It's just like, that's the thing. It's... <laughs> okay, he wants to keep his, his society secret, mm-hmm. but he's got to realize that, that can't, that's not sustainable. I understand and, and what not, you're saying. And because it's not sustainable to not have to not have a way of working together or working out a solution that doesn't involve the, the basically what is the catalyst for this conflict, it's just silly to me. It's 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 so one dimensional. Okay. How about they are descendants of the Mayans, right? Something like that, yeah. How did Mayans deal with their issues? They didn't go into political discourse. No, they, they're they, like they killed whoever's around them and either assimilated them or just or just outright murdered them all. Exactly. So this is what's going to happen here. Okay. Because okay. they wait, wait. Let me make my point. Let me make my point. This is the same thing that's going to happen here because that is their way. First of all. Secondly, again, they've not had any discourse with anyone that isn't themselves. So at the heart of them. They're like their ancestors. They haven't really progressed. They haven't, they don't even have government. They don't have the things that make a society advance from primitive era to a more modern era. They didn't have an industrial revolution. They didn't have. Well, okay. Okay. That is another thing that I find weak about the story. Okay. What is that? They clearly do have some kind of industrial society that we just didn't see. Why do you say that? Because they have technology. What technology? They had grenades. Not only did they have grenades, they were like magnetic grenades. They knew how to manipulate vibranium. Mm -hmm. You can't just take a hammer and a forge and manipulate vibranium. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to work it. Mm -hmm. So their level of technology was equal to Wakanda's. I don't know about that. They just did things differently. I don't know about that. He built a sun under the ocean That's with true. with with technology. And and like that like how would how would other places not know that that was there? Because it was so deep below the surface. Oh, all right. 
I mean, if you understand, if you if you read anything about ocean and exploration, so we, we know we is. know less about what's going on in the ocean than we do about Mars right now. Yeah, and that's another freaking planet. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff down there that we have never seen and probably never will, yeah. just because it's so inhospitable. Remember when he told her, "You can you, if we if I brought you to my kingdom, your blood would turn to poison and yeah. the pressure would shatter all your bones." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what's going on. That's yeah. why we don't go, go down, down there. there. Yeah. And the way they went down there, I thought that was very clever. It, yes. was, it just wasn't like, "Oh, we'll just swim." Yeah. There was like some sort of currents or something, something. that that yeah. was that was doing oh, that yeah. so yeah the telecons or the the underwater people did, he, did they ever really give their their race a name or anything Tele- like that? telecon right because that, that. that was the name of the city right but regardless yeah they had technology possibly but we they, just didn't but they just seem didn't. more like a war nation and a war nation that was well, that, solely that's, that's, fueled that's a, by protect at any means that's, necessary. That's sort of like one of the things that like always like bugs me a little bit about even like Black Panther and th- this uh, Black Panther 2 or Wakanda and Telocon. You have this society or societies that have this amazing technology or whatever. And then you look at the systems of government that they have. <laughs> they're, they're absolutely terrible. I mean, the first one, it's like, okay. We, we still have like a monarchy. You're the king now. No, I challenge you. Yeah. And how, okay, well, do we get to vote or do we get to hear your ideas on how to make society better? No, we're going to fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. It's like the 2020s. And you're, you're even beyond that. You're like, you have like anti-gravity ships and, and tractor beams and, and all of this amazing technology. You sh- instant communication knowledge of the world you should not be choosing your leaders with a fist fight sure and then at the, sure. and then you have the telecon and it's sort of okay so you got this you have an emperor who's like wielding a spear <laughs> it's sort of like you'd figure after a hundred years 100 years 200 years 600 years they would be like okay well all right well this guy he's he's really strong he's probably but the rest of their society should have advanced somebody else in the society should have been like hey i invented this cool thing and it should have like changed changed society why are we riding on orcas there's so much better stuff Mm -hmm. that that's quicker and far more efficient than riding on an orca or a sperm whale Mm -hmm. and that that always it, well, it like think, sticks in my it's 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 nitpicky I know you're dealing with fantastical things and 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 stuff like that but but I think they're also trying to show that these societies still adhere to the customs yeah that, that, that that's been. that's true but also as time goes on customs and and styles and stuff like that change well, then, and that's one thing that also bothers me is that. It's never really modernized. It's why are they still wearing feathers and ornamental jewelry like that? It's sort of like, okay, if we go to the surface, everybody still dresses like a pilgrim or wears tights and those weird pantaloons. Well, I think, I, I think, and I, I, again, I could be wrong. Again, this is just interpretation as far as I'm concerned. But I think, so you have the Shuri character who is that almost non-believer. I mean, in the first one, she scoffs at, the old ways, right? Yeah, and even to an like extent it. in this film, when the mother is like, I was sitting with my thoughts and 
your brother came to me and it was like I felt his hand on my shoulder and she's like he's not there yeah it's just like a it's just a projection right so she is someone who is a non-believer in a lot of ways but I think that by the end of the film she almost has an epiphany and she's learning to reconcile the old and the new no, no, I, I, I get that. I, I, and in my mind, it's basically, okay, you could see it as a spiritual thing, or I could just see it as just an emotional moment or a, a, a mental breakthrough or something like that. Whatever, so long as, it, so long as whatever it is gives you comfort. Yes, yes. Right, because that was but what I, the mother but, said. But basically, what I was saying with what I was saying before is, and like I said, it's 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 yeah, it's, it's kind of a nitpicky thing, but you're you've put in so much thought into all of these things. Societies change over the course of hundreds of years. We don't talk like we did six hundred years ago. We no. don't we don't dress like we did six hundred years ago. We don't have the same restrictions and and whatnot as we did six hundred years. This is just the natural progression, and yet for some reason it only seems to happen elsewhere, mm-hmm. like that guy on the council with the giant plate in his lip. <laughs> But don't you think even in our world, let's let's look at our world in the real world, there are pockets, there are enclaves of societies that are untouched. Yeah. And yet Okay, okay, okay. They still adhere right, right, right. to But you see that you use the word they were untouched. Mm-hmm. Wakanda is an untouched. Wakanda has been exposed. Ex- but not only not not only did they expose themselves to the world just I guess recently I guess in the last seven or eight years, but they have been aware of the rest of the world this entire time. Mm-hmm. So they are not untouched. They are aware. When you're talking about societies that have been untouched, they don't know anything going on outside of their borders. Mm-hmm. Zero. And people don't know about them or they do because they're observing them from a great distance. Mm-hmm. So that like, like those, like the, 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 the tribes in, in, um, uh, the Amazon that like, they're like, you can't go near them. And I, I think one of them just like went extinct mm-hmm. because of all the logging and stuff going on down there. But like that, that makes sense. But those people, they never had any sort of communication with the outside world. So they were very small, very insular. Mm-hmm. Wakanda is not like that. And, but and, they are in and, a way. They don't, they don't allow outside people in. They don't know, but they are aware of the outside world. They are aware of world politics. In fact, they, they hide themselves, but they still have representation on the outside world. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a suddenly everybody in the UN was like, what's Wakanda? Where, where's that? Mm-hmm. They had representation there. They just thought that they were just some agrarian society. But they were still there. And when you visit, when you see Wakanda, the, the city, there's some modern stuff going on, like sensibilities as far as like clothing and whatnot. But... But there's still a lot of the old it, it, ways. It's, yeah, the, that's what I mean. It's it's like you still have like that superstition. And as far as tel, Talcon, I feel bad that I keep mispronouncing it. But as I far as that Talcon. goes, they that society, yeah, that society is insular. But they are also aware of the outside world. But I think... Especially Namor. But I think... Because Namor speaks perfect English. Yes, but I think that's because when you want to protect yourself from the enemy you have to understand your enemy and i think that but i just i just the thing on the rig it probably wasn't an isolated incident i think that they've actively yeah yeah made sure that they were never exposed to outsiders i 100 believe that but 
the fact is like they have people participating in these raids. They have people who are observing what's going on. There's like no way that that there isn't some kind of influence that just sort of like seeps into society over the course of I don't know hundreds I mean, of this is hundreds of years. But when Namor and his people go to neutralize the threat, they don't leave anyone. I mean, even in that sequence in the beginning, there are no survivors. There's no one to say it was blue men coming out of the water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not. I don't care about the survivors. I'm talking about the people, Namor's people, who basically go back to their society, go back to their city. They are aware of what's going on in the world. I think to an extent, but I don't think that they. Well, no, but that what I'm saying is, it doesn't have to be this major thing because this is hundreds and hundreds of years. It's not like I'm not saying okay, some of the one of the telecon people came up and they watched MTV for a half hour and now all oh, the society is completely different. No, I'm talking about hundreds of years where like nobody was just like, why are we wearing feathers? We live underwater. <laughs> but that's what when, when does like did nobody come up with a new style? No. That's ridiculous. Even even in this this like massive technologically powerful society, somebody is going to come up with an idea that says, "You know what? I think I think the feather look is stupid now." Feathers go out. People don't even wear hats anymore. Yeah. And how do feathers underwater work? Yeah. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> they basically mirrored Mayan culture. They did. Yeah. But that was like hundreds of years ago. You, you don't think that they would go up and they would see, oh, okay. Uh, Why would they some, go up when they have everything they need down there? They don't need to go up for air. They don't need to get to food up there. basically kill anybody that's encroaching on their territory. There's, well, some, they, there's always a reason to do something. Are you? Some, I'm sure they there's do. There's no way but, that you could say in, in, in like 600 years, but they, they, never, also, they never expanded. I'm but get, didn't you also get the sense that they also shunned to the point of we'll kill any outsider. They didn't care for the outside. They were fine. Well, okay. That would have made sense. But Namor wasn't like that. Well, I, again, as a ruler, if you're going to protect your people, you have to understand the enemy. So, of course, I think he's a little uh, bit more well-versed in, I guess, the outside but it world. But it just but doesn't fit with everything. If Namor, if Namor was like a zealot, was absolute in his belief it would have made sense there's no way to stop this guy but 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 with conflict mm-hmm. but it wasn't like that don't you think i mean I he was willing to he was willing he was willing to do that but maybe it was just a portrayal of his of of, of him it just didn't it it really didn't fit if if he was really like that why didn't he just kill shuri and and the scientists when he had them it's like we have everything we want why aren't we doing it? Well, he didn't... Because he, Originally, he didn't have beef with Shuri, so he wouldn't have killed Shuri, I don't think. It, if you are a zealot about protecting your society, you don't care. But I think and, he also and another, saw... And another thing about that... But wait, I think, wait, wait, wait. And another thing about that, Wakanda had no idea where the hell they were. Right. Prior to this. Right, right. He could have just... But he, he knew about them, right? Because Namor he... Namor knew about... Wakanda, because he said even his mother talked about these people that lived in absolute like secrecy from the rest of the world. Oh, well, you just proved, I forgot about that, but you just proved my point. They have 
they clearly are watching the surface world. Fine, but I think that, and this goes to a couple of conversations that happen in the film where he basically is almost using Wakanda as a cover to make sure that the rest of the world doesn't know about the Talukans. Well, that's the thing. He didn't have to do anything in that respect. Right, he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have to attack Wakanda. He didn't have to do anything. He could have just. He but could, I think he could have. He could have killed he them attacked, both. He could have killed them and then just went back to doing what he was doing. But I think he attacked Wakanda in a moment of just pure emotional rage because that girl gets killed. Yeah. Well, you know, we're getting into too many details here. Basically, what I'm saying is, if his character was portrayed as some kind of zealot. Mm-hmm. who was an absolutionist when it came to hiding his people. All the stuff with Shiri going to Talukan, it wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't care. He wouldn't be saying, oh, But I, he I, went to Wakanda to basically say, you two, you guys are going to do this for me because I can't risk going after that thing that I want from you guys because well, then that would expose us to the rest of the world. But that doesn't, that doesn't matter. Why doesn't it matter? Because he had what he wanted. At, at that point, he had what he wanted. Yes, because that's when... What, that's what I'm saying. He had what he wanted. If he was all about keeping everything a secret, he would have just killed them. I don't think he, I don't think he ever would have killed uh, Shuri. Why? I, because I don't think that was his intention. I think he really wanted to that's what forge. I'm, that's what I'm saying. This he's not. He's too rational. I don't know about rational. I don't know if I would say he's too rational. I think he's, that he was will. If he's not, if he's not just going to be like kill them, then he has some kind of rational nature to him, where he's he's basically saying that might be a bad idea because that would tick those people off. But I think he that he wouldn't care. He wouldn't care. That's the thing. He wasn't that type of antagonist. And that's why I'm that's that's my main problem with him because if he was willing to do that, then he should have been willing to just come up with a different solution. But I think that in his mind, he was hoping that Wakanda and the Talagans would come together and form uh, forge an alliance because his ultimate game plan was world destruction, right? He was like, no, at this point, I just want to wipe out the surface because I can't risk them he, really he knowing was, about he, us. Right. And if, if that was his plan, it was something that he was, I guess, building towards in the mm-hmm. future or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, this is now. And in order to get what he wants now, all he would have had to do was kill them right there. But again, I don't think... I think the other person, eventually it may have happened. As far as Shuri, I don't think so. Because I really feel like he was trying to forge an alliance with somebody on the face of the earth who was their equal. Okay, well then why didn't he just kill the other one? Why was she kept alive? Maybe they were going to eventually get to it. And and, he, and he again, said, he told her. And again, what about that exchange with the queen on the beach before the big Nakia Mission Impossible thing where he basically threatens her? Yeah, why isn't he not following through? Why isn't he becoming the bad guy? He I guess he wants to give at least, again, again, my interpretation, he always seemed like, I'm giving you a week. 
I'm giving you a week. It's almost like I'm giving you time that, to see things my way. And that's why it doesn't make sense to me. If he is willing to give a week, that means he's willing to negotiate. That means he's willing to see other other sides of the thing. He's willing, I don't know he's that willing, he's willing to see other sides of the thing. In his mind... Then why is he giving them a week? Why didn't he just... Because he wants them... them <laughs> he wants them to come to him, his way... Because basically, because even on the beach, he's like, either you do what I tell you or I destroy you and all your people. It was never about like, I, I don't think that it was ever about anything other than that. His, his, again, his reason for being is to protect his people, to make sure that they continue and that they are safe, right? So however that needs to happen, whether I need to form an alliance with these other people or if they're going to get in my way, then I need to take them down. And he's pretty confident in his and his people's abilities to fight because up until now, they've been untouched, much like Wakanda, right? They've, I'm sure the, the horror sequence in the beginning isn't the only time that they've appeared in the course of the last 600 years. It's just that nobody knows about it because they've made sure to leave no witnesses, right? That's because at some point, somebody would have been like, yeah, I I saw these blue guys in the water, right? That's never been a thing to the point where even the U.S. government, they didn't even know about the telecons. They immediately just assumed that all this shenanigans were directly tied to the Wakandans, right? So... He's done a good job of making sure that his people have passed under the radar. But now, because of the world's fascination and obsession with getting their hands on vibranium to the point where they're like, we're just going to find it and mine it ourselves, right? Because that's what happened on that rig. They found an area. So I think that in his mind, right, in Namor's mind, my end goal is to make sure to keep my people safe. I mean, mm -hmm. there's that great, great flashback of him, of his kind of backstory. And when he sees the atrocities of man on the surface, what does he do? He burns it down. That wasn't his fight. He had no skin in that game. Other than this is where my mother came from and she asked me to be buried. She asked me to have her buried on the surface where she came from. Mm -hmm. So when he sees what's in front of him, he's like, WTH. No. You don't think that? He's they, like, they, what the hell? They, they attacked because they were attacked. They were like, ah, oh, demons or whatever. And those those crazy people started shooting at them. He, him and his crew just walked out of the cornfield. Yeah. And they saw what was going on. Mm -hmm. They weren't rushing in to help those innocent people. Right. Did they even help there or did they kill everybody? I don't I think they killed everybody. I think they killed everybody. Yeah, and yeah. the reason why and they basically were just like the crazy people that were doing it just pulled out guns and started shooting at them because the they saw a bunch of blue freaking people coming right. out of the cornfield. Right, right. And one of them had little wings on his feet and pointy right. ears. And right, the guy right. was like, it's Satan. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a rescue mission. He wasn't like a righteous defender of the innocent. They killed everybody. That's true, actually. I think he did kill everybody. And that would have made sense. That little kid would have killed that person, mm -hmm. not kept her 
around while he took Shuri on a tour of the city. Well, this is why I thought they were going to hook up because he was like giving her time to like, because remember he's, he says that he I want to show you why this yeah. is important to me. Yeah. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. I think eventually the other person okay. would have but, but here's, met their but, demise. But, but here's the thing. He could have shown her that and he could have explained why it's so important. And then when she was brought back, she would have been like, okay, where's, uh, where's the other person? Yeah. And he could have like, oh, well, I told you. She's dead now. And she, Shuri would have been upset. But let's be honest. It's not like as though Shuri really knew who this person was. It's not like as though that person was a Wakandan. This person was a total stranger who, for some reason, Namor saw as a threat, which, I mean, that's a whole other avenue that's just dumb. I don't know. If somebody could build something, somebody else could build it too. That's true. But she, she burned as, her plans. As, she burned her plans for her suit of armor. Oh, okay. She didn't build burn her plans for the, for the other thing. In fact... The other thing was in the laptop, which she took with her. The government had the, the thing. You don't think the government looked and saw what it was made out of? They could have built it again. Trust me. Did they? Or did Namor leave it for the queen and the princess on the no, beach no, that, there? That original one, yeah. Okay. But the thing is, like I said, if some that's, a, that's another thing that's just weak. It's like, oh, she's the only one who could build it. Bullshit. Bullshit. Anybody could have built this thing. If it wasn't her, then, oh, look, it's we got to introduce Reed Richards at some point. Oh, he could have built it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could have been one of the psychos who worked for iron man Mm. it could have been anybody this is the marvel universe there are killer robots and geniuses and and just all manner of craziness going on Mm. you don't think somebody could build a vibranium detector i don't know to to and that's just that's just dumb that's just it's it's if if it was if it was if it was if it was no that that's that's the thing that like I that's the old, like I said that's the only problem I have with the film is that so much care is taken throughout so much of the movie and then you just have this such a weak plot point it's like the weak little chain the, the weak little link in the chain that just crumbles at the slightest touch because it just it just doesn't work the the very fact that it's oh she's the only one who could do it no she's the only one who did it first if Neymar was smart, which he should be, considering his age and the, and I built a freaking sun under the ocean. If he was smart, he would understand wasting this person, killing this person is not going to solve my problem. It's just going to happen maybe a couple of months down the line. Maybe he's out. He doesn't know how technology works. Generally, when somebody builds something, somebody else has been building it too. There's like five variations on anything that comes out. When Beta came out, somebody was making VHS. That's just how the world works. And to have this really just simple worldview when it comes to that, it's weak. Second, if he did, which he did, have this simple worldview, there was no reason to keep her alive. Zero. She shouldn't have even been brought. She should have been killed on the bridge. I mean, they, yeah, they didn't have to kill Shuri. I don't think his intention was ever to... I think he really wanted to cultivate that well, alliance. Well, you could see... Yeah, you could see that that would make sense. If he really wanted to cultivate the alliance, keep Shuri alive. The girl has no connection to Shuri, really. No. No connection no. to what. But I think Shuri felt responsible for her and also saw so much of herself in the girl being... Great. And you know what? She'd be upset for a little bit and then she'd move on. Possibly. 
Neymar would have been happy. There would have been zero conflict until, obviously, 15 other vibranium detectors are found and made. Possibly. But again, remember, she is of the bloodline of this family. And even though she possesses her own strengths and fire, she also has that nobility. She also has that compassion and that empathy. And I think that if Namor had done what he had had proposed to do, I think Shuri would have taken on this fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe. I don't know if the mom would have. I don't know. I mean, she does something for this person. She does, but that's that's happening during something else. Yes, but she does something she major. She does, but that's that's just because that's who she is in exactly. that in that moment while that's thing, that event is occurring. Otherwise, it would have been like why do I need to care about an American? Possibly, but I think that in that moment she's not looking at it as a Wakandan and an American. She's looking at it. No, in that moment. I am a mother. In in that moment. I'm talking about every other moment when she's not even there. She doesn't even know who the hell this person is. Mm. I mean, she knew. And in fact, she probably doesn't, she probably cares about her even less because her daughter got kidnapped finding this person. And Mm. she was super pissed about that. Yeah. She was unforgiving. Unforgiving. Honestly, that aspect of the story is where I find weakness. And, and especially, especially with the way Namor is portrayed. All right, fair enough. That's your that's your opinion and your interpretation. I don't necessarily agree. I think a lot of the story flowed well. I think it is an absolute feast for the eyes. I think that if you want to venture into the movie theaters, you will not be disappointed. I agree with you. I think the first one is a little bit stronger as far as story and development and stuff like that. But I think that this one does not lack. I think from where it starts to where it ends, it's an amazing journey. I am completely enamored of how Ryan Coogler just wove this amazing storytelling experience from the start to the end incorporating so much and just using everything whether it was the actors where it was whether it was the set pieces the costuming which is just brilliant Mm -hmm. the different genres sort of blended together i just top to bottom top-notch work ryan coogler deserves all the awards right now and as does the rest of the company in particular letitia wright who does a really amazing thing i mean she had big shoes to fill and she did a spectacular job doing that i kudos to all the other characters winston duke lupita nyochango the always always amazing angela bassett who was absolutely robbed of a best actress for uh what's love got to do with it even people that aren't on the screen for very long like martin freeman and julia louise dreyfus i mean just really top to bottom i can't say enough good stuff about this movie i mean perfect no but still such a worthy worthy follow-up to the first one which was so fantastic i think like you mentioned to have to kind of deal with the loss of the main character not only as the main character but also as a human being as an actor as a co-worker as a friend to a lot of these people i think what this cast and crew have done is just sublime one to ten i'm gonna give this an eight and a half i'm gonna give it a seven and a half Seven and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half. I, I still I'm, think I'm it's not saying worthy of going I, to yeah, the theater. I, for. I think it's a, I think it's good. I think it's a fun ride. 
I just think uh, the first one was better. Everybody's motivations were way more defined and made more sense. Overall, as far as like Namor's look and power and I guess his overall motive made sense. I just thought the character, I don't know, it, it didn't work well with the whole motivation or, or, or the catalyst for the, the conflict. Tackle. <laughs> Talukan. Talukan and Wakanda. It was Fair a bit. Enough. It was a bit too one-dimensional for me. I, I that, dis- that was the weaker. But if you, if you if you could overlook that, yeah, it's an exciting movie. It's fun. My only other okay, one other little gripe. Well, actually, I can't. I don't want to. You know what? No, I'm not even going to say it because that's a spoiler. I was going to say the I, only. I, I, the I only will. Thing okay. I would, how about this? How no, about no, this? no. I the only thing I would nitpick, which is something I told you, is how do people that are in the water come out looking dry? Oh uh, yeah, there's, there's that. <laughs> I was like, what is the science behind this? He comes out initially looking wet, but he he he, really. he, he dries off a bit too fast. Uh, are you kidding? Uh, there was a shot of him coming out of the water, and his back is dry, dry. His his little loincloth is dry. I'm like, that's fabric. That should be wet. Non-spoilerish gripe. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is able to do stuff that they oh. shouldn't have been able to do. I mean, granted, they get something happens to them, but it, they, they shouldn't have been able to do what they were able to do. All right. But they did it. I'll suspend my, dis- my, my disbelief for it, but they shouldn't have been able to do what they were doing, especially if they're fitting with the way their character was prior to what happened to them okay i I, I know what it's I know like what to you're be saying, yeah, but i know what it's like to be the guy in the chair <laughs> okay the guy in the chair ain't doing flips all right the other thing i want to highlight in this film was the soundtrack the soundtrack for this thing is amazing there's a lot of really great music in this i'm going to absolutely buy the soundtrack at some point this week and it just again so many elements in this film a a lot Two hours and 41 minutes is a long time to sit for a more movie, but I was thoroughly entertained. I did not look at my watch. I did not blink. I had such a fun experience. Thank you, Marvel. Thank you again, Kevin Feige, for opening up the purse strings. Thank you, Ryan Coogler, for such a wonderful story experience. Cast and crew, shout out to everyone involved in this film. And Chadwick Boseman, wherever you are, you are loved and missed. Wakanda forever. Playing right now in theaters two hours 41 minutes rated pg-13 nothing objectionable absolutely take your 10 and up maybe yeah there are scenes of peril as imd will tell you but fighting. it's nothing some people are getting stabbed with spears but it, yeah. it's not gratuitous or bloody not not at all not at all not uh, at all I, I, yeah i think you may see some blood on some cuts yeah, yeah but, but nobody's nobody's getting just explosions really, yeah explosions the really good storytelling really really good storytelling densely packed there is a lot going on and unlike bullet train the flashbacks and the build-up they're here, well placed well placed and, and well done serve an actual purpose yes and it wasn't like a spear was given a backstory <laughs> A fucking bottle of water. <laughs> Jesus. All right. That's it from us. And we will come back with another review soon. Good night. Good night.